I'm Deontay Burton, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Hamadou Diallo. Hey, I'm Danilo Gallinari. I'm Chris Paul, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Louis Dort, and I'm down to Dort. What's Dort? I'm not gonna lie, I don't know what that was. In English, bro. I'm Darius Baisley, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Shake Gilders Alexander. I'm Steven Adams. I'm Andre Robinson, and I'm down to dunk. Yeah. On you. Down to dunk. You can find us on The Athletic and anywhere else you subscribe to your podcast. I'm Luke. Joining this morning by Andrew. Slam through. Taylor. Hey. I don't trust stairs. They're always up to something. Moving to the country, gonna eat a lot of peaches. Moving to the country, gonna eat me a lot. Hey, what do you call someone with no body and no nose? Nobody knows. Slam through. (laughs) And Jay. It's Jay. Oh my goodness. Guys, so uh, if you weren't already dead inside as a Thunder fan... Uh, the Thunder have now been eliminated in a playoff series by Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, and James Harden. So now you're officially dead as a fan. Oh, welcome, welcome to it. Uh, Thunder lost in Game Seven. If you weren't aware of this, and and Jeff Green, and Jeff Green for crying out loud. So uh, hold for- on, the Kevin Durant one. What do you mean? Uh, I mean, Kevin Durant just eliminated the Thunder just in life. Yeah, okay, I got you. So, I mean, it counts. Yeah, Does it not count? You're not, a, you're, we, you're not counting that one, Jay? We never know. I mean, it eliminated me from pretty much enjoying the sport for the last, I don't know, five or six years. Yeah, yeah. Until sure. this year, Until guys. this year. Until this year. Yeah. Wow, four years, man. I mean, honestly, crazy. I enjoyed it until the last 10 seconds of that game, right? No, probably last minute. The Schroeder miss, the PJ floater, the just chaotic. The Chris Paul miss where he's made 90% of those shots this season. And then Billy Donovan maybe doing the opposite of coaching. I mean, perhaps he was. Yeah, we have a Twitter question on this. Not to jump too quickly into that. but I mean, jump, baby. Kyle Panaker or Panabaker said rate Billy's coaching performance this series using the fast food scale. Oh, he no. is thinking a two day old Arby's sandwich. I mean, hey, if you re- credit, I mean, if you refrigerate that, that sandwich, it's going to be good. Do you, I have a question for you guys. This is, do you guys refrigerate and eat later fast food? I mean, no, no. But if you were to, I don't think it'd be bad. I think you could throw that thing in the air fryer and get yourself some crispy. Man, ends. Okay. So sorry. I know that we want to talk about basketball, but my wife and I bought an air fryer about, uh, let's call it a month ago. Maybe the best kitchen appliance purchase we've ever made. Really? Yeah. Over a toaster oven. Oh, oh, a thousand yes. percent. One thousand. Yes. It's that good? Yes. 
It is. How much is it? They're oh, not that 50, 60 bucks or yeah, something. They're great. 50 or 60 dollars. Go get one. Dude, we do we do wings. Luke, you spend like, more on Bud Light in one week than it would be to get one air fryer. You think I haven't had a Bud Light in like a year, bro. Mm-hmm. Bike yeah. claws then. We did some sandwiches. Uh, we did some sandwiches in the air fryer yesterday. So good. Sandwiches, sandwiches. like a grilled cheese? Yeah, it was like these little mini grilled cheese, bacon, uh, ham, cheese. Yeah. Delicious. Slam through, man. Slam through. Uh not that Billy Donovan would not qualify as that. No. I think he's definitely two hour old Mayo, right? That you microwave. No, no, no. Don't even microwave it. It's just cold and and the whatever crispness was on the chip, maybe it's a nachos. It's just all yeah, one nacho he, now, like one he was big mayo nacho. Frustrating, man. He was he's just super. It was bad. He had multiple chances to run a good play, and and it's funny because you you watch the Raptors execute their play, and they have Kyle Lowry, their best passer, their most intelligent player, as the one setting it up. And it's not, I mean, SGA is a, he's a fine passer. He, I don't think anybody would rank him in the top 20 no. passers in the NBA. That's your guy, a guy who had been pretty rattled in game seven, if you're being honest. Like, he just didn't yeah. play well. And that's okay. It's okay for young guys not to play well in a game seven. That's okay. But to give him the ball and say, hey, you're you're probably the one of these five that's had the hardest time making decisions in this game. Let's make you make the decision and then let's bring Steven out. Let's not even consider a lob. Let's not even, let's just take that out. We'll, we'll, we'll put, bring Steven out and we know the other guys will be cut. We'll, we'll just, we'll figure it out here. You just make the decision SGA. What is the, what is the point of having Steven out there? If you're not even going to look at him or run anything like what's, what's the deal with that? None. Run Gallo to run screens. screens. Dude. But he's yeah. not even running screens on two of those inbound plays. He's just under the basket. Or put Bays out there. Bays has, Bays hit a shot yesterday in that game where he was, it was the end of the shot clock. Dude was cool as a cucumber shooting that yep. basketball and swished it. Put that guy in. I mean, Steven. I mean, Steven is running around like his legs weigh a billion pounds. Yeah, and I think the thing that about Billy that was the most frustrated is frustrating is the same thing that all of us are kind of walking through in the sense of like, just rotation seemed to make no sense, and just this. And, and I, I know Brett was talking about this on the Dream Team podcast after last night's loss, like. I get that you want rim protection in some form, but like, even if you want to go with Steven for 20 some odd minutes, use Baisley. Use Bays, man. Like Baisley is such a plus compare. And I think McKelly was the one that kind of mentioned this, but like Baisley is such a plus compared to what Noel would bring. Number one, he stretches the floor. Number two is, is Baisley's actually like, I know he's not to the probably the level of Noel at this point in his career, but he has very natural shot blocking uh, skills. Yeah. And so for him, like, man, what you would lose in the sense of potential maybe rim protection, you gain in space in a way that just changes the entire dynamic of the game. Like Billy's inability to pivot from 
the larger lineups just made it to where I was like, it, it's the same things, man. This is somebody, I can't remember who it was. And so I apologize for not giving credit to them, but I just mentioned on Twitter, like, please stop playing traditional bigs all of the time. And somebody's like, that's actually kind of like Oklahoma city's vision statement for the last tw- 10 years, you know, Dude. like, it's what do they real. do? They play too many big guys when they're not really needed all the time. And so for me is it's, I, I just was so frustrated because you just, and I mentioned this a little bit last week, like it always feels like the thunder stick with this game plan that doesn't actually force the other team to change their dynamic on offense or defense, which is not true. I get that. Like Dort changed the way they had to play in a lot of ways, but like the, the Adams thing seems so no brainer. And it felt like it was just never, ever, ever going to happen, except for when it did and it worked, but then he never went back to it. Yeah. After well, they won that game in overtime, he never went back to the small lineup for, for much longer than a few minutes. Yeah, I don't understand that. I don't understand why you wouldn't at least try it. Try it more. Yeah, Gallo's a decent... I mean, he's a good rebounder. and like Gallo played 26 minutes in Game 7. What are you preserving yeah. him for? I don't know, man. It's <laughs> what are you bonkers. doing? Do you know how long know. a traditional center played in that Game 7 between Adams and Noel? Too many. 48 minutes. Yep. Yeah. The entire um, game. Yeah, the whole game. Yep. Yeah, they played big the whole game. And they almost won. I mean, they're a shrewder jumper, Chris Paul jumper away from winning. They're so a PJ Tucker floater. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're close. What's they're what, a Lou Dort jumper, dude? Yeah, they're a Lou Dort jumper. I mean, what's crazy is how I mean, at the beginning of the season, there would have been no way that we would say yeah, these teams are like really close. And it turns out they were one shot away from from one another. Like at the end of the day, it was they were separated by one basket. Well, and it's we're not even taking into account like I think if Dort's not hurt, uh the Rockets win game one or the Thunder probably or potentially win game one. It's possible. Um, just because he was that much of a dynamic shifter in this this series like it was yeah. just so different watching him play and i get that the same the rockets could say the same thing about russell maybe you know in game one or two i, I don't True. think they probably would say that um russell's all right yesterday he was okay he, he was okay like it's hard as when russell's not really giving like i don't know it wasn't enough watching him to think oh he's really changing the way this game is being played like the only player stretch. for the rockets that yeah. i really felt that way was covington like oh Covington gosh, changed the game, he was but nobody so else good. really did much. That's what was so so sad about the loss is it's like the Thunder, like the Rockets didn't really play well. Mm-hmm. They they tried to give the game to the Thunder, and the Thunder just kept giving the ball back to them to say, "No, nah, we just not tonight, guys. You all can have it." Twenty two times or whatever, how many turnovers they had? Yeah, I mean Harden was. I mean a lot of people are giving Harden credit for that block great give him all the credit he he tried really hard on that but he also tried really hard to not have the basketball for the whole fourth quarter so if, if he didn't make that block though i'm not sure his reputation ever ever survives yeah and he's getting a little bit of credit there but I, he's he's afraid of the moment and that's just there's just no way they beat the Lakers because of that. There's just no way. There's absolutely no chance they beat the Lakers because of that. Like he he was honestly he really was afraid of the moment. And it's really weird to think that a guy like that would be. But it was just clear to me. Like, yeah, 
he made so he made he makes hustle plays in those moments and made that block and he had in the game six that they really had a chance to win he he got the ball and threw it off Gallinari when Gallo didn't block him out like he made these like tremendous hustle plays like really going for it but when it comes down to it like making shots and being the guy to take the shot where is he like that's just weird I, I mean the whole that team is designed for him to be that guy and he won't do it it's just that that to me that's that is weird. He's got some 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 weird superstar DNA that I just don't quite understand. Yeah, he was four of fifteen on the game. Four of fifteen. Yeah, one he, of nine from three. He wanted if no he part of the game. Not, no, if he doesn't block Dort. By the way, like him, uh, I just think it's hilarious. Like what it takes is Harden to block some undrafted rookie who has 30 points, who's played better than he has throughout the whole game. Yeah. Shot six of 12, made his life a living hell the whole series. Yeah. He blocks him and avoids a ball that Dort didn't even have to try to throw off him. But like, and then he flips out like he's super clutch and it's just kind of annoying. I texted y'all about it. Like, <laughs> and I know that this is, this is hater juice, right? But <laughs> what it took for Harden to not be completely trashed on NBA Twitter for the rest of his career was kind of embarrassing. Yeah, there was there was that uh, play where Harden they set up three screeners to try to get Dort away from Harden, yeah. and Dort still fought over all three of them and got <laughs> that too hard. Harden wanted away from Dort so so badly in that game and just and i mean dort was you know key to i mean it's it was so awesome to see dort like rise to the occasion and for us to find out like he has that capability i mean that's amazing yeah i i can't really i can't really get too mad at the end of the day about you know losing in game seven against the rockets when we have we found out stuff like that like i think that's worth it live sports are back it's very possible that we may see an nba playoff matchup between the clippers and the nuggets small murray i know he heard this ad before didn't think he heard it in the first few games he's definitely heard it because he knows that he wants to help out manscaped because he wants to see your nuggets as safe as possible when that matchup happens Manscaped is here to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. The Lawnmower 3.0 is the best hygiene tool for the modern man. Because of their ceramic blade and skin safe technology, your snags will be reduced. They actually just released their Shears 2.0 Nail Kit, which is a perfect add on to their Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer. The Shears 2.0 is a luxury four piece nail kit featuring tempered stainless steel tools. And it includes slash tipped tweezers, rounded point scissors, fingernail clippers, and a medium grit nail file. Their perfect package 3.0 with the new and improved lawnmower waterproof cordless body trimmer, performance boxer briefs. The performance boxer briefs, by the way, delightful. Wearing them now, very comfortable. And a travel bag for you to use when we're done quarantining. The Perfect Package 3.0 also comes with the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver. The Crop Preserver is an anti-chafing ball deodorant, and the Crop Reviver is a spray-on toner. It's made with soothing aloe and witch hazel extracts. 
get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC20 at manscaped.com. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code THEATHLETIC20. Take your grooming game to the next level. Some some of them are. So here's the deal. As I put that out there in our text conversation last night after the game, like I think the Lakers are going to run over the Rockets. Yeah. Um, and partly because more – I mean, they they play like six guys, and they play them all of the time. And the undersized part, like don't forget – and this is so easy for us to forget, like the Rockets were garbage before the season shut down. Because they 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 came out after the All Star break or after the trade deadline and were playing really well and beat the Lakers and went up to Boston and beat Boston, but they had lost like five in a row against teams that weren't any good. And they PJ Tucker looked like he couldn't walk after some of those games. Mm-hmm. And for me, I'm like, dude, to go back, I mean, seven games, day off, back on, day off. Like this isn't the normal playoffs where there's like a three day travel yeah. thing, like. They're every other night. I just, man, I think they're going to be exhausted. Did you see? Dude. Did you see Jamal Murray's post game after they won that game seven? Yeah, uh-uh. dude, it's so funny. I can't remember who, as maybe Scott Van Pelt was asking him, like, okay, you know, you you've got it one day off, and then you get to play the Clippers on Thursday, and like genuine shock on his face, looks at the camera, and says, "We play Thursday." He's like, just had no clue. And he's like, oh, no. Like, I don't know if we can do this. And then they just got curb stomped tonight by the Clippers. Destroyed. And so I wonder if that's going to be like a theme for like these these longer series where these teams get worn out and then they get to play these fresh teams that like you would just immediately just get hammered. Well, and at the end of that Denver-Utah series, like I think the final score was like, 28 to 30. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like those dudes were scoring as many points in one game individually as they scored as teams almost in the last game. Like it was so yeah. bad. Somebody said it was an NCAA game. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's they, really it was like it was. 80 to 82 or something was the final. Well, even last night's game was low scoring, um, mm-hmm. 104 to 102. But, and it's just because they're exhausted, man. Like it's, this is what I'm saying. Like the, those teams that can, that make it through this bubble, you know, like you needed some breaks in the sense of like, you needed to win four to one, like both or the Lakers did. And then the Mavericks won or the Clippers won four two. Is that correct? Yes. Yep. You know, so it's like, you have to have those breaks that you can create like game sevens just are going to ruin you for the next round. So yeah. dude, but, uh, Jay, you know how you were mad about you're most mad about the PJ Tucker floater, correct? Oh uh, no, man. Um, man, I think I'm just generally overall upset because the Thunder. Like, here's the reality. Like, this is what's weird about it. The best players for the Rockets were Eric Gordon, Robert yeah. Covington, and Jeff Green. Mm-hmm. Without a doubt, like from the three point line, especially, um, or, or particularly. So for me, is it's like I can't. Like that—that's what you got from the Rockets, and you lost. Yeah, I mean, the, the, they could say the same thing for the Thunder. Like Lou Dort was the best player for the Thunder. Lou Dort, but then you look at everybody else, and it was like so. Lou Dort was six of ten, which is insanity. Which is, but actually, if you look percentage-wise, it's not much yeah. different than Covington, right? But the other thing is like Chris Paul was 
three of five, I think. And I just looked at it. Shea was three of four. Baisley was two of three. Like for the rest of us, like, ah, oh, these guys kind of scored normally, but it was like the, and, and Alex was the one that brought it up before halftime. Like we were shocked how well the Thunder were playing. And then they were still down. Mm-hmm. Like that was the most telling part of the first half where it was like, holy crap, the Thunder should be up by 10. Nope. Oh, actually they're down by three. Yeah. They, they had like these moments where like Dort really propelled them. And there should have been moments where Gallinari's hitting shots and Steven Adams is chipping in and Chris Paul's scoring a little bit more, but those moments didn't happen. It was just the Dort moments. And without the complimentary, like normal Gallinari scores 20 points in this game, like Gallinari scores 20 points in this game. It's a blowout. But Gallinari yeah, Gallo was, was so he was he was super terrible. And that's maybe why he it, only played 26 minutes, but he did not play well. It was really, really difficult every time. It, like all of a sudden in game seven, Gallinari was forgot how to pass to Steven Adams. He tried to so many Dude. times, and I don't think one made it to him. Yeah, the turnovers were I mean, that's so bad. that's what really cost them the game is that's the it, turnovers. Man. Like it was and it was not some of it was the Rockets' defense, which deserves a ton of credit, but so, a lot of them were just self-inflicted, and it's a lot. And, yeah. it, and it felt a lot like what the Rockets did to themselves in Game Six and in Game Five to against OKC. Like I just, it felt like that. It's like, oh great, like they're just they are handing this game to them, and the Rockets kept trying to hand it back, and then you got what you got in the last minute of that game, which was just pure chaos. Dude, uh, so SGA, if you look at his line, it's not that bad, right? Yeah. But that does not pass the eye test. I mean, like SGA last night, you watch him play, and he's get how many times is he getting in the lane and freaking out and trying to throw it out? I mean, it was just maybe six or seven times in the fourth quarter that was like, dude, just do what you do, man. Yeah. Like he was so overthinking everything. He was, and but. I, and I mentioned this once again in our little text conversation, and I, I know that you disagreed with this, but the lack of space, it was just, it, it made everything ugly. Yep. The fact that they were just three guys standing in the lane all the time, all the time. Um, even on that, I can't remember if it was the last play or it was that last series where Schroeder or uh, where Chris Paul had the jumper, but like it must have not been that. But there was a play where towards the end of the game where, Eric Gordon literally didn't leave the paint. Yeah. Just stood there, just stood there. And so for me, I'm like, when you take that aspect of their game away and the thunder just didn't respond, like Billy, like you knew clearly what they were trying to do. Hey, listen, we know that we're not big. And so we need to play three guys in the middle to both protect the rim, but also just to keep Steven Adams off the board. Okay, well, what do we do? Keep, I mean, it's literally like me trying to get through a brick wall by running into it until it kills me. Instead yeah. of like, oh, actually, you can just go around. Like, it's, I don't know why it was so hard to like just say, all right, create space. And then all of a sudden, you would see, you would see Shea more effective. You would see him more decisive in my mind. And I know it's an excuse. Like I, I understand it's an excuse, and and he did do some stuff like that in different games. But man, that 
the inability to find space to the rim for a guy like Shea, like, cause you don't get the routine or the rhythm. You don't get any of kind of that momentum that you normally need yeah. as a player. Like you, if you're not shooting against that with the space that they had, it's pretty much like you might as well just kind of do what he did last night. So and I that's, thought, that's my thing. Yeah. And I thought he did well, like finding pockets in the defense to score and to hit those floaters. You know, I think it's, it's easy to criticize him. Certainly down down the stretch of the game, he was not good. And I mean, he in, wasn't good in the game before. In either. the clutch, he wasn't yeah. good. Yeah, no, he struggled in game six as well. But I thought, like overall, like he helped kind of keep them in the game. I mean, Shea just scores so quietly. Like his games, he's one of those guys where at the end of the game, you you could close your eyes and say, I don't. What's his What's his box score? Like I don't know. Like I just don't know. Like yeah, I'm scores. surprised looking at it. He's six of eleven. Yeah, and three of four. That's so surprising. Watching the game, like when he's in the game, the Thunder isn't playing that well. And then you compare that to Schroeder, who's five of seventeen from the field. Isn't that surprising to y'all? Yeah. Because like last night, I mean, he was a plus twelve on the game, but mm-hmm. when he's in the game, it's looking good. You know, and that that's kind of something that I'm talking about. It's like the the opportune misses that Shea had felt pretty like they felt like big losses you know like there was a there was a floater that he got in the lane that he, that came up really short and it was a very important floater that needed to be made yeah well and i think one of the things also to go along in this conversation about shea is the fact that like he just needs more shots like he should have been more aggressive 11 shots isn't enough for him. He he led the team in in shots and maybe not uh, shooter and him probably on shots, but Shea was the leading scorer for this team for the season. Yeah. Well, like he needed he should have taken more shots as part of that, yeah. which is that aggressive aspect of it and Well, again, that's coaching to me. Yeah. That's that's like another that's another coaching thing and I don't want to sound like I'm a like I could do it better than Billy because I certainly could not. I think he's a really good coach. But I don't think he coached a great series. And I, they just, I mean, and it was great that Dort scored. It was great he scored 30. That was really cool. It's a really cool moment that I think we'll always remember. Like, remember when Dort scored 30 in game seven? That was awesome. But whenever Lou Dort is the guy that takes 21 shots and leads the entire game in scoring, that's, that's the Rockets getting what they wanted. Yeah, that is you saying when you see 21 shots for Lou Dort and 11 for Shea and 11 for Chris and six for Adams and six for Gallo, that just says Rockets, the Rockets defense like that's the Rockets defense doing what it wants you to do. And to me, that's that's a when you have so many options, right? They aren't taking away one option. They took away five options. Yeah. And they said, no, we want this guy to shoot it. And the Thunder said, okay. And they just continued to shuffle him the ball. And it was great that they went in. Like, I don't I don't mean to disparage Lou Dort, but the truth is that that's they did exactly what the Rockets' defense wanted them to do the you whole game. You, you shouldn't be with a team with Chris Paul, SGA, Gallo, Schroeder. You shouldn't be depending on a guy <laughs> named Lou Dort. No, <laughs> to be like the leading scorer it of was, your team. Yeah, again, great performance. Like I loved it. I was giggling the whole time while I was watching it. But yeah, again, like you should, 
You should be able to find better shots than that. You should be able to break the defense a little bit more than you did. And they just, I don't know what it was, but they just, they, they could not do it. They almost, I mean, it's funny. Our conversation just changes like that with one shot going in. Uh, but still at the end of the day, it was, it was all about what the, what the Rockets defense was giving them. And they, they took that and it's like, okay, you have more options. <laughs> like we've seen you play much better than this. And it was, that was, it was frustrating. And I do think even though, even though, you know, we are disappointed that, you know, we lost that game and it was so close, came down to the wire. I still think looking over this whole season, we're still going to look back and say, that was a great season. Yeah. Overall, the things that were good are going to far outweigh the bad. So, so the only thing is like I worry we're, we're going, you know, you know, because uh, because you're right. If he if we would have made you know a shot down the line and won, we would be you know talking all positives about the exact same game. Yeah. So <laughs> that's that's the only thing. I mean, I'm I and like Chris Paul's little speech today that he posted on Twitter. Um, yeah. You know, that, that, what did that feel like to you guys? Like he's, li- he's already gone. It's a good, yeah. it's a good, I mean, it was like a nice little goodbye. Still more than Kevin Durant ever did. It, doesn't, ta- it doesn't take much to do more than Kevin Durant did. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> true. Which was literally nothing. Actually it was no. negative. Nothing. Yeah, so I think, I mean, it's we're going to have a long time, well, maybe, kind of, but we're going to have some time to really deal with what this offseason is going to look like for the Thunder. I think most people who are paying attention are expecting for this offseason to be a pretty transitional um, few months. And it's going to be weird, too, because, I mean, obviously, we're just in this kind of COVID world where the regular season is not going to be over until you know, almost the end of September, if not, is it October maybe anyway, but October, yeah. like, which means that you're going to have a shortened, like the draft and free agency and all of that stuff's going to be short. And I think it's a pretty, I mean, I'm going to say it's a foregone conclusion because Sam's not just going to get rid of Chris for nothing, but it feel everything would make you think that Chris is going to be moved this off season. And, and that video kind of maybe, I don't know if he meant it this way because uh, he kind of even was like, you could feel him pause and say, "Well, you know, we don't know the fu- we don't know what the future holds." But I just want to say, like, thank you, Oklahoma City, for all you did, and mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah. which really we should thank him in the sense of like, not only was the year, but in the sense that we got to do the bubble was a he was such a huge orchestrator of a lot of the stuff that happened as his role with the players uh, association or the union. So yeah, um, yeah, that was that was weird and. Like, I think for a Thunder fan that's listening to this and, and reeling, because it's hard, like, I don't know. It's it's always one of the – it's almost like you would you rather love and lost and never loved at all kind of thing, where it's like, man, what are, does it hurt less to not even be in the playoffs, which I would say no. Um, but there is this aspect where it's like that could have been is the part that really hurts so much in this, where it's like, golly, man, we could have so, – and part of this uh, is also selfish for me where it's like, man – four more games at minimum of distraction and <laughs> being able to enjoy different things at night, you know, yeah. it's like instead of just being in this like yeah. pit kind of thing, you know? So, yeah, that's, I was thinking about that too. It's like, Oh, like this has been, this has been so much fun because I have something to do to distract me. And now it's like, Oh, I guess now I don't have anything to do that. 
<laughs> that was that, a quick uh, month and a half, man. It was a quick month and a half. It was. Yeah. yeah. But, but, uh, I, I was still, I, I'm still like, you got to think at the beginning of the year, you know, the Thunder had, you know, like that 0.2 chance of even making it to the playoffs and to get to a game seven that was that close. It's, I, I'm still like, I'm, I'm just like, I loved this team and I, I really liked this season and I enjoyed them in the bubble and that they made it and that they were, you know, scrappy underdogs and that we had no expectation and every, you know, I, I'm, I'm happy with it. I, I can, I can, I won't look back at this and I'll be like, Oh, you know, <laughs> I'll just look back. Eventually once I, you know, look back, I'll be like that was a fun team and you know I, i'll remember the good far 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 outweighing the bad well, i also feel like it is important for me just to take this moment to take a victory lap in the sense of number one is i called this thunder team making the playoffs true number two i also called houston in seven true which i only did because i was trying to like reverse jinx it but apparently way to go jay this is work. your fault I know. You're so powerful. I know. I'm so powerful. Ben Elephant King wants to know, which one of you is to blame for the Game 7 loss? Clearly, Jay. Jay. Who didn't wear his lucky shirt or stand for the entirety of the fourth quarter? There was superstition broken. A reverse jinx unsaid something. We demand answers. Uh, Were were you guys doing anything uh, psychopathic during the fourth quarter? I stood for about the last six minutes of the game as far as like six minutes. So I just stood in my living room for probably 30 minutes just watching, but nothing crazy. Uh, no we psycho behavior? Have, huh? No psycho behavior? No psycho behavior. I was supposed to have a couple friends over on the back porch and uh, to watch the game. And I don't know if it rained for you all, but we got roughly about 17 inches of rain in about 30 minutes. And so my back porch was just flooded and water was coming in my garage like, so I feel like that was probably a bad omen that I didn't pay attention to. But no, I didn't do anything. I, I have a routine, you know, like what I wear matters. And so I wore a jersey um, that, you know, didn't really bring in the good luck or fortune. Yeah, throw that one out, man. Yep. It's going to have to burn it. So. It, uh, I, I, you know what I blame is I bought a Oklahoma City Thunder t-shirt that had Mickey Mouse on it that I saw on an Instagram ad. Yeah. Which Instagram Instagram shopping is like the worst thing that's ever happened to my life. Um, <laughs> however, uh, I bought it and it, it's still not here. I blame that. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. a good blame. If I would have had that Mickey Mouse Oklahoma City Thunder shirt, one, I'll wear it for the rest of my life anyway. But um, I would have, you've got to think that would have really, really helped us out. Well, game six, I didn't have my phone on me at all, and I was just watching the game, and it worked. Wow, no, no, wow, look at you, no phone, just vibing. I didn't have my phone at all during the game. I went and put it on the charger, set it away, sat down, watched the game, thoroughly enjoyed it, honestly. It was a great experience. Um, but I don't know if maybe, maybe I had, maybe it was too much, maybe it was too much energy that way. Maybe I needed to have my phone more. Yeah, the phone is a weird. So I I have YouTube TV. And that's how I watch. And uh, 
even on Twitter, like I'm just far enough behind to where if I'm on Twitter too much, I'll see a little bit of what's like at least the score changes. And so, yeah, I need to probably be better at putting my phone up in general, but definitely in this. Today's episode is brought to you by Untitled Community Service Club. If you like comedy, you're going to love this fully improvised comedy show. Nothing is planned. Everything is made up on the spot, from the characters and their personalities to the entire storyline as a whole. The show follows Coach and Sid, who are two former high school bullies, and their transition not only to college life and what that entails, but also to become better people. Each episode features a unique guest that Coach and Sid try their best to help in any way they can. Season 1 airs September 1st, and you can listen to it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. That's the Untitled Community Service Club. Take a listen on September 1st if you want a real good laugh. We'll be right back after this message. Taylor, how did you watch the game, man? Um, Mostly with a baby in my arms and standing up. Um, That can not be the reason. No, that's not it. It might be it. And um, just like silently punching air with every lo- and and convulsing on the floor with every Ludor at three. <laughs> I know. I, I will say this. <laughs> Go ahead, Luke. The baby. Well, I will say this. There was a play where Basley, I sent you guys the text, but Basley got um, fought for a rebound with PJ Tucker and ripped it out of his arms. Yeah, that was maybe yeah. the most hyped oh, I was in the entire game. Dude, to be honest with that you, that was immensely satisfying. <laughs> So satisfying. There were so many things that made me believe in Darius Baisley throughout the playoffs. He was incredible. Because if you look at his you look at his box scores and you're like, that's the guy you're impressed with. (laughs) Yeah, I get it. Because like the the stats don't tell the story, but you watch him. And I also just don't know how much of this has to do with the bubble, right? Like he is like calm, he's composed, he's not afraid of the moment. But does a, does he look the same with eighteen thousand fans around him? Like I just don't I don't know the answer to that, and I don't know that I don't know how you could. Uh, but in that environment, I was very impressed with him, and think he's. I I mean I think he's got a really bright future ahead of him, especially with the shot falling and looking good. Like he's he's very very confident in his three point shot, and if that continues, you know that that can be something that guys build on that builds confidence to like catapult them into something much bigger than what they could be. Uh, if that shot doesn't fall, then you can see guys kind of shrink a little bit as like an offensive player. Yeah. But the thing that impressed me the most about Baisley is the defense. He was really good. He was good. On defense. Yeah, he was good. Yeah. Do you guys want me to read you his uh, playoffs per 36 numbers, Baisley? Oh, yeah, I've I seen mean, them. Of course. I've seen them. Go ahead. 13 points per game, 13 rebounds per game, mm-hmm. uh, and he shot 50% from three. Yeah. He needed to play more, and somebody, was it Tyler Beats that asked us that? Yeah, Tyler Beats won, asked why didn't Basil pay more. We have no idea. Dude, that's, that's just another thing. Like I, I hate to pile on Billy, but I just don't think he did a very good job. I think that's a part of it because he's 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 the guy you can play against the Rockets, right? Yep. Like of any of these guys that are that's on the roster, really of any of them, you're like, okay, 
who can we play against these long, quick, athletic guys all over the court? How about another long, long, quick, athletic guy that can shoot it and stretch the floor and you have to pay attention to him and yet he can also rebound and handle and do all these things? Why do you limit that guy? Why do you play New Orleans Noel who has spatulas for hands? Yeah, like, I would have. I, I'm, I've said this before, but I would rather have had Muscala than Noel. Yeah, I would just, just rather, the stretching floor element. We'll just, just play Basley more for crying out yeah. loud. You're already willing to play him. Just play him and play Gala with him. Play those two together more. Basley was a plus 10 net rating. Um, I'm going to find what the best net rating was. Oh, it was Chris Paul. At a uh, plus twelve net rating, but next up was um, oh my god, this is going to surprise you. Uh, Stephen Adams was a plus <laughs> plus sixteen. Huh? I just, oh no, this is wrong. This is so wrong. <laughs> net Good ra- work, Taylor. I don't know. I don't like net rating in like a seven game series. It just doesn't really tell the story. <laughs> uh, that was wrong anyway. It's too annoying. Oh, basically, basically, actually had the best net rating. Or not. We're not sure. No, he did. This is for sure. I was looking at regular season. Now this is playoffs. Uh, Plus 10 net rating. That was the best. Yeah. He needed to play more. I mean, there's no doubt that he should have played more. Between he and Gallo. I mean, between he and Gallo, that was was crazy. I know Gallo didn't play well, but he shot the ball six times. It's It's like he's Terrence Ferguson out there. Like, what's going on here? Speaking of, this is a question from uh, at... In at owl, or yeah, sure. In a towel, in a taw, in a taw. There we go. Is it says, How bad does the first <laughs> draft selection look today? Um, also, do we bring him back for the minimum? And so, if you're not aware of this, is OG Ananobi, uh, who the Thunder could have drafted, and there's there's some nuance in that, but Thunder could have drafted him. Is uh, there's no OG, nuance. He, they, huh? should, they should have taken him. There's no nuance yeah. whatsoever. He was there. They didn't take him. <laughs> Bad job. That's the end of it. OG hit a shot to win the game for the Raptors tonight with like 0.5 seconds left. And they were, I didn't realize they were down two. Yeah. And hit the three to win the game. And so, uh, and then Terrence Ferguson airballed, I think, five or six shots in the series. And so, makes me feel real bad. Makes me feel real bad. Um, oh, here. Here's some more. Uh, Darius Baisley was second in win shares, just behind Chris Paul for the playoffs. So do you bring Ferguson back, Andrew? Um, I mean, he's got a year left, so he stays. But like, they don't offer him an extension, for sure. You don't think anyone wants him? No. I mean, here's the guys they could have had at 21. Jared Allen. Seems like a good guy to have. OG Ananobi. Obviously, like the missing piece to this team was a a versatile wing like him. Like that's that's it. Kyle Kuzma went twenty seven. Derek White still still love Derek White. Josh Hart. There were players there. They were all there. Wes Iwundu. He was there. Nope. This isn't fun. This is not fun anymore. Dude, okay, so I texted you guys like five days ago, and I said, do you want to know something crazy? And then I withheld until the uh, series concluded. And here's my thing. 
Uh, does Sam Presti know what a good shooter in the NBA is? <laughs> does he know? Does he actually know what to look for? Because I, every single year, yeah, it's guys like right ahead of the guy or right behind of the guy that we pick. You know, and then we you pick a guy, Terrence Ferguson, who didn't go to college and he played in Australia. Okay, mm-hmm. I get it. Mm-hmm. He doesn't play very well. He's like fine that rookie year, and then his second year, he's like, uh, this doesn't look good. So then, what you do is you draft a guy who didn't play at all and was an intern at New Balance, and you're like, I think this is gonna work. I mean, and it worked out, and it worked out, right? Yeah, he led the but team like, in win shares, over, man. It worked out. I won net rating from like, series. So I don't understand yeah, your it point. Feels like uh, my point is. Are you over? Are you trying to be too smart with your draft picks? Are you overthinking it? I don't know. I mean, like picks in the twenties are yeah, it's a can, roll of the dice. Can anyway. be kind of a crapshoot, but but uh, you knew, you knew Derek White, you know OG. I did. I did. He probably overthought the Ferguson pick. <laughs> yeah. Ferguson had stretches For, where he was good. So like the the deal with Ferg was like. They envisioned Ferg as a part of that team, as like fitting in with stars, and he did that. He 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 did that well in Australia, and so they envisioned him as a as a guy that's going to come in and fit in and play defense and shoot threes and really. I mean, it's hard. I mean, this is like we have to go to a parallel universe here, but like let's say like he had zero off the court issues. You know what? What does his game look right. like on the court? Right. And so that's a. I mean, it's a tough one. It's but tough is OG one. not one of those guys? Is Derek White not one of those Dude, guys? Dude, they should. I mean, there's. Uh, I'm. There's no excuses for that whatsoever. But the basis pick was a good one. I mean, I. I think what what happened is that they saw a six eleven guy that had a had a good frame. And that had really good athleticism, and he can handle, and he can rebound well, and he can do all these things. They're like, okay. I mean, honestly, I think it was probably just let's try that. Like that seems cool. That seems good. Well, right, and that's kind of what I'm questioning is the thought process behind it. You got to think this is what Sam Presti needs. He needs the down to junk boys in the war room. He does. He does. (laughs) Who would you have rather him taken instead of Baisley? In that draft, where are you saying he's well, overthinking it? Well, we all said uh, Brandon. Uh, what's his name? Clark. Brandon Clark. Yeah, I mean that's like another. That was a guy that was like, like yeah. if he drafted him, are you not getting basically? I mean, he could have done the same thing. I love Baisley. I'm not saying anything negatively about Baisley, but I'm saying like, okay, you overlook a guy that seems pretty obvious for a chance yeah. yeah clark is older as part of that and sam is always always yeah, always yeah. looking towards what's to come right yes. like yeah i hear that i would say clark being 22 23 years old played is the reason why not i clark. think the, the frustrating thing not to get too much in the weeds of this but like at that point sam unless he knew something which is there's a likelihood um he was still drafting for the paul george russell westbrook team yeah. Brandon Clark would have been tremendous on that team. Dude, yeah. Agreed. Yeah. And and he would have been really good on this team as well. Because he's a good player. Yeah, that helps. <laughs> but it's nice. I mean, it would be... I mean, it, 
I don't know if it, we get to like Mitch McGarry level, like Mitch McGarry over Rodney Hood level stuff here, but it would be bad if Bays was just no good because right. you had that guy just right there. It's like okay, like so we've I know got he's a, older, but like he's not. It's not like the guy's like thirty four coming into the draft. Right, you've got a three different players that are not on the roster for next year. Uh, Andre Robertson is rolling off. You've got Danilo Gallinari and then Nerlens Noel. According to Basketball Reference, all three of them are not under contract for the Thunder next year. Mm-hmm. What's your prediction with those three guys? I mean, I don't think they'll be in a Thunder uniform next year. Yeah, sign and trade hopefully for Gallo, but probably he can just walk and sign wherever he wants to. Yeah, and we'll see. I mean, that's. I mean, it's interesting, definitely, because if he, it really all comes down to does Gallo want to play for a good team, and does that good team also want want him enough to give up something for him? And the Thunder are either ready and willing to facilitate something like that, but it's it's up to Gallo at that point if he wants that or if he just wants to go cash in and and play for Charlotte or whoever, you know. Because he'll have his options, but my my guess is my guess is that a shining trade is actually there's is a pretty decent chance that he does get signed and trade. Traded Dude, he should go to Brooklyn. We keep saying this summer because that's what we say, but it's definitely not this summer. It's this this. It'll fall. be the winter into <laughs> this autumn. This autumn. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but I, I think Nerlens goes somewhere else and. I mean, he can he can be helpful during a regular season, certainly. Uh, and then Robertson, I think Robertson's cooked, man. I think he's done. Yeah, that sucks. It's unfortunate. Remember how much hope we had for him? Yeah. Did you guys know that he's dating the girl from Two K? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, they do, they do like videos and stuff on on YouTube. Andrew YouTube. At Bangelope asks, <laughs> up or down? Mm-hmm. Two and a half trades this offseason. I'd say down. I'm going to go two. Chris Paul and Danilo? Yeah. I mean, it could be Chris Paul and Schroeder and Gala Walks. I just don't yeah. know. Like, three trades is a lot. That's a lot of yeah. trades to make in one summer. I don't. Do you count like trading a draft pick as a trade? Do you count like if they traded? Uh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Trade, oh yeah. Tra- traded their first round pick and somebody. Like I don't know. So maybe up because I mean, what what if they traded a second round pick? Do you call? Do you count that? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Maybe, oh yeah. Maybe we're up then. Maybe we're back up. I'm just thinking of like players traded from the roster. Dude, we're up, if we're talking picks, we're up to like six or seven trades. <laughs> it's um, possible. At Jared K. Miles asks, how many more first-round picks will Presti acquire this offseason? I say at least two more. Two would be insane. Two is very possible. I mean, it's the question. and I know McKelly has an opinion on this as well, but like – can Chris Paul get you a first? That's in, that's insane to think that he can why get you a first with how big his contract why is. Why wouldn't he? Because it's $41 million. Dollars. Russell got you 
two and two pick swaps, dude. Yeah, but that's a desperate Daryl Morey. You just got to find the right team, man. You got to get Phillies. Philly, dude. There's desperate teams out there right now. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Philly, New York Knicks. You don't think the Knicks are desperate? Milwaukee. Yeah, man. You don't think the Knicks would kill to have the season we just had? Right. They definitely. They definitely would. If Andrew, (laughs) is there any way to get that ninth pick or eighth pick this year? I mean, it's the Knicks, so yeah. But I wouldn't count on it. I wouldn't count on that. I'd count future future picks. I'd even i'd I'd prefer a future pick, honestly, from the Knicks. Like that's why didn't the Knicks just do like gold. Chris Paul as a player coach and not hire? Because you gotta have Tibbs, man. You gotta have a name. That's what it's. I mean, that's what the Knicks have always been about. It's like what splashy yeah, name lot. is available. Tibbs is like Steve a splashy Nash. name from 2011, though. That is what yeah, the Knicks do. That's what though. they do. I mean, freaking Stephon Marbury and Steve Francis on the same team. Like that. Oh, wow. Put that on the marquee. Those guys were good five years ago. Dude, that's what they always do. They got mellow. Like his like last two years that he was good. Amari Stoudemire. I mean, like the list goes on. That's just how they do it, man. Yeah. But yeah. And Chris Paul would be perfect. Like he's the perfect guy, right? Like he's the perfect fit there. Oh, not yeah. with Tibbs. Dude, I mean it's I mean as no, far as like splashy name, yeah. like a little bit past their prime and then they're gonna completely fall off the edge once they get to the Knicks. That's just what happens. Yeah, That's, I do agree uh, that Tibbs will kill Chris Paul though. Oh <laughs> well, dude, they're they're gonna hate each other. It's gonna be oh, just, yeah. it's gonna be glorious. All right, yeah. here's a question from at Miguel Devella twenty five. What is your favorite memory of this season? There's there were some great memories. I mean, one of my favorites, and this picture is like it's become kind of iconic on uh, Thunder Reddit, where Schroeder is pointing to the clock yeah. on the opposite side of the court with Stephen Adams, and that pass from Stevo to to tie the game to take it into was that was that to win the game to win the game. No, it was tied. Yeah, to tie the overtime. yeah to tie the game, and then it went into overtime. To tie the game was outrageous. Yeah, I mean it's one of the best plays, like individual plays of all time, like it single was, oh, isolated. So good. I mean that that feels like an eternity ago. Yes, it does. But I'll that, tell you, there's was a, this season. There's a few games that I remember just gritty effort and three of them in particular. And they were all actually earlier in this year, this calendar year. Uh, well, actually technically not because the first one was that new year's Eve game against the Mavericks uh, mm-hmm. where they just kind of willed themselves back into the game. Then the game that happened in, uh, I think it was at home as well. And they were playing Denver. That was in probably late February. I thought that game was one of my favorites, but the game, the moment that sticks out to me the most is, the end of that Boston game uh, where Schroeder, they got the ball from Kimba and made that shot to win the game. Yeah. And it actually what's funny about that is I was literally the end of the Rockets game. This last one actually felt just like that when they got the ball from Eric Gordon and they had oh. that like chaotic kind of finish. Like yeah, I yeah. thought the Thunder were going to win it. And cause that's how they did it all season. They won in those kind of wild 
end of game ways, why wouldn't it be the way that they would win this series against the Rockets? That's mm-hmm. what I kept thinking. Mm-hmm. Thank God it really felt like it. Like, especially when we thought the game was over after the ball went out of bounds. And then there's like <laughs> yeah, I know. three seconds left and you're like, Oh, this is actually where it's going to happen. <laughs> and it just doesn't. I, I think the thing I'll remember most about this is uh, there's that game where Steve, uh, like heaved before he heaved it and made it he heaved it and missed it and chris paul went over and talked to him and and like was showing him at the end of the game how to throw it and then the next game he did that and made it yes yes <laughs> I'll, I'll that. I thought that was that awesome. was that was great i love the fact that like if you f- see that highlight a lot on the internet or on youtube and uh antonio daniels is the one doing the color yep for the rock or for the Pelicans. And so he's just like, what? Like, it's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. What about the very first play of the very first preseason game? Yeah. Steven Adams, Where corner three, throw the ball to Steve. he shoots a corner three. And you think in your head, our lives have changed. Yep. This yep. it's We've all different for this moment. from here on. My goodness, the spacing, we have all these shooters now. And that's the only real one that he took in May. (laughs) That was it. That was it. They also started the bubble. It was funny. They started the preseason bubble the same way. And it's like, yeah, get out of my face with that, man. It almost pissed me off to be honest. Cause it's just like, this is, this is a joke to you. This is not a joke to me, Steven. This is not a joke. Billy, Billy, (laughs) Billy. To me, there's there's going to be a general memory of Chris Paul, like close game, under a minute and a half left, getting to the right corner of the free throw line and just nailing it all day. And it's just like the most dependable shot ever. And how many of those did he hit in this playoff series too? He hit a ton of them. Oh yeah, Uh, man, I will. I gained so much more respect for Chris Paul this season. He's unbelievable. I understand. I always like kind of gagged when people would be like, you "Oh, he's hated the point him. God. Yeah, you hated I hate, him. I mean, he was pretty hateable from Clippers and Houston. I feel like this was a very redeeming year for him. Oh, across the board. Yeah, I mean, he's still hateable. I mean, the the way that he behaved at the end of that game was just kind of crazy, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> You're kind of like a Travi Trav here at Travis Funny, who said, "I went from hating CP3." to seriously being in a tug-of-war on buying a CP3 OKC Memorial jersey. Some of the last times I felt this wrong was saying that Guitar Hero and Harry Potter wouldn't become big deals. That's you, man. Wow. Yeah, that's me. Guitar Hero was a big deal. I'd still rather be this person than the Rockets fan. He's literally... Yeah. Oh, my God. Just pointing at Robert Covington and be like, hey, come, come play defense on me. Yeah. Yeah. Which made Crazy. which made the last play that he had even more maddening. I know he should have hit that yeah. like a, just nine take, times out of ten he's going to make that. Let's take a step back three. Like why I'll did you, I though, don't know why shuffle the ball over? It did remind me though, like the thing to remember about Chris Paul is he's also had those. It also felt like that season when or that game that you all were at, you and Luke Andrew is. Yeah, the Chris Paul fell apart right there, trying to get a foul. You know, on a like that. There was these moments where I'm like, dude, you can't. You got to break that habit in times where it doesn't actually help your team. But 
Yeah. And we'll uh, have, I will say this, like for anybody that's listening, we, we're going to have so much time uh, and analysis on what this off season is going to look like as it comes at us. And so, yeah, and we'll have, we'll have Chris Paul trades. We'll have all those, all those things. We've got, we've got lots and lots of time to make, yep. to make that happen for sure. And it should be like, it'll be for a Thunder fan. It's going to be a ton of movement as my guess uh, in one way or another, like where this roster is going to look pretty different come next year. Yeah. Um, and so just be ready. Like it's coming. I think we all, we all assumed this was happening, but it feels more real now that it's here. Is that yeah. This team is, is going to be going in a very different direction. Yeah. Uh, a couple more moments that I just loved. Uh, one was, I mean, really both the Rockets games this season were so much fun. The one at home where they just... The nutmeg. The nutmeg where they just oh, destroyed man. the Rockets was just wonderful. And, and that was then, Russ's first game back. Yes. That was his return, and they just demolished them. And then MLK Day in Houston, where Nerlens is already out, or something like that. Steven goes out within like the first minute of the game, and you're like, okay, we've got no prayer now. And they they win that game with like Mike Vascala, and they close they close the game with Gallowitz Center, huh? Wonder. Huh. Wonder how that would have worked out. Worked out pretty well in the regular season for him. Yeah, SGA uh, a triple double with twenty rebounds. Yeah, against the Bulls, right? I don't know. That bull, the Bulls game at home was outrageous. That was that was Chris Paul's like first like outrageous game, where he he was hitting everything in the fourth quarter. Yeah, there. Are, I mean, there's a ton. Like this was such a was fun a season. season. It was just a Really fun season, lots of great basketball. It was just it was just a quality, quality season that I think it was it was enjoyable. A lot of it's because you didn't have all the pressure that yep. everybody had the last few years, just because you felt like, okay, this is it. We've got Paul George, we've got Russell Westbrook, we've got Carmelo Anthony. Like, let's let's make this happen. And you know, it's this year it's like, okay, well, we've we've got the the remnants. <laughs> Of a team that once was, and they somehow came together and, and became a really a really fun team. It was great. I, I liked it. It was fun. I have noticed. I just was on looking at a Twitter, and someone's like, "All right, I'll say it. Let's this Thunder team. Let's run it back." I am happy with what we got. I don't want. I do not want that. Yeah, I mean, there's several reasons why you don't want to run it back. I mean, you've got Chris Paul, Danilo Gallinari, two guys that have been injury prone their entire careers, right? Like they've, they've yeah. they have both missed a ton of time and you get this magical season where they don't miss any time. Yeah. And they're both, they both have great value right now and their reputations are both very good which has not been the case for either one of those guys throughout their entire yeah, careers yeah. and this is this is the time that you trade those guys cuz the truth is if you do hang on to them how long how long does this occur right like how it long doesn't do happen you ride, again how long do you ride this out i mean you're going to ride this out for two more seasons like maybe you no, do it's, but it's time but the truth is, the Western Conference is going to be even more difficult next year. And I and I'm not saying that I think the Thunder wouldn't make the playoffs. I think that they would. I think this this is a 
this is a good team. This is not a team that's going to be scrapping for the eighth seed. Like this is a really good team, but I think it next year is going to be more difficult. And if they do miss time, like if you do have Chris Paul miss two months, like you're toast. And then what? Yeah. And then oh, what? Yeah. Then you're stuck. Then you are stuck with his contract. Then you really can't get an asset for him. I mean, to me, it's just like that. The, everything has aligned perfectly for the Thunder to start this supercharged rebuild. I mean, that's what this is. I mean, not only do you start with all the, you have all these first round picks, you have all this ammo for later on, but to have found three young guys to start your rebuild with. That's and that's something that like you you talk about. 76ers and these other teams, they didn't have anybody. They didn't have anybody to start the rebuild with. They had Casper Ware. They didn't have anybody. They had to find guys. They found guys, but it took them a while to find those guys. They didn't already have three. All right. F. Mary Kill, Casper Ware's three uncles. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh man! Oh, we forgot to mention this when Stephen threw that threw that ball in, like you mentioned, Luke, his shimmy yeah. afterwards. Oh man, yeah, that was good. <laughs> things, things like the other thing that I've really enjoyed about the team is I actually liked um, Reddit, just all Thunder Reddit, going all in on Lou Dort Love, dude. I know, like it's been, it was I, and it made it to you know. Sometimes the internet can get you down. Sometimes it can be like something, but it was just like, I was on it just and saw just enough stuff to where I was like, I really enjoyed that. And I, uh, like, you know, he, the best is that he was kind of a meme. And then it was like, just rising to the occasion of game seven, scoring 30. That's to where now he's like <laughs> the only person under, you know, whatever age to score uh, more than 25 points. I it's know. like him. LeBron James and Kobe, Kobe Bryant. Bryant. Yep. So good. I so mean, funny. stuff like that is great. I love that. It's so hilarious, too. Oh, and Casper Ware. And Casper Ware. Uh, and Lou Dort made his uh, made his appearance on Down to Dunk before he even hit the hit the Thunder roster. Again, kind of- another Andrew ahead of his ahead of time. Andrew knows Seriously. what he's doing. <laughs> we knew. We knew. Oh shoot. You're like so, Lou Dort. Um, if you you see yourself in a game seven, how many points are you putting up? I think you're putting up thirty. What do you think, Lou? How are you going to perform in game seven against the Rockets? That's funny. Dude, uh, he, he was. It's just funny because he talked in that interview about how much he loved Russell and how he was a thund- he was a Thunder fan. And he loved Russell and like that's who that's who he grew up watching. And it's probably pretty surreal to be in a Thunder uniform. He's, I mean, he's the first guy, right? He's the first guy to be a Thunder fan that's in a Thunder uniform, right? Did you, did you see his post on Instagram about Harden? Uh, no. He posted something on Instagram and it says, idols become your rivals. And it's him guarding James Harden and then him playing against James Harden uh, in college and, uh, like them hugging after the game. And it's just, just pretty cool. In you know, college? he was like group Thunder fan as a huge Harden fan. And there he is, you know, locking down Harden all series yeah. long. Yeah. Cause they went to the same college. That's I, I didn't, I didn't realize put yeah, that together yeah. until last night. Yeah. Um, 
Harden like went if back. If, if anyone is wondering, Harden went back like during the summer and played pickup games at ASU. That's why. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's video. One of the videos is the him, Lou Dort guarding Harden in college, like at one of those practices. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty cool. I mean, I bet, I bet he just had, Lou Dort just had, has had like the best last two weeks. I bet he's just loving life. You can tell by the way he plays that he looked up to Russell Westbrook too. I mean, like going 110% all the time. Oh, yeah. Just like nonstop, just unstoppable force the entire time. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. Yeah. It's very oh, cool. He should be my dad. Sound? What is that sound? So somebody. In a, um, in a I'm outside. My house backs up to the highway. And about from this time till about 4 a.m., they're just racing on this highway. Just constantly. Mm, that's what it sounded like. Just, the frozen Oki wants to know if Jay and Andrew are going to fight. Never. If Jay and Andrew, why would y'all fight? Like physically? Well, Jay is tweeting, I think probably if my guess was anti- is, is that is Andrew's a tanker. Oh, yeah. I'm a tanker. He wants all the picks. And I'm at the point fight, now, like, it's fine. I'm ready for it. If this fight is physical, I have all all my money on Jay. It's just going to be hugs. Dude, why? Dude, I'm, I, I'm, I'm throwing around some weights lately. And then, no, there's just no way. You're throwing all weights, man. I'm just throwing around no weight. Way. He's throwing around weight. Weight. Uh, earlier, when you you were saying like you trying to run through a brick wall, I have Jay in the brick wall fight. <laughs> yeah, I take the brick wall. You're gonna Kool Aid man. I'm too You're old. Kool Aid man. man, that thing. I'm old. <laughs> Jay, how old are you now? Thirty eight, man. Dang, oh, I just turned. I just man. turned a hundred. Wow. Oh, Luke, you are old. Um, okay. We're still doing podcasts, by the way. Thanks for listening oh. to it. We appreciate you guys so much. Oh, <laughs> uh, we will have podcasts for you still Monday, Wednesday, Friday, all the time, because that's what we do. So tune in Monday. Mikhail and I will break down uh so some things. We'll we'll still talk about the other playoffs series as well. So uh, we appreciate you guys. If you would leave us a five-star Apple podcast review, it's very simple to do. You could, if you have an iPhone, it's very, very easy. If you have the purple podcast app, click it, search down to dunk, hit five stars. Boom. You're done. It's very, very I simple. Just left, very I just hard. left a review. I always thought, oh, like I shouldn't review my own podcast. I did. It's easy. I, I've been trying to say it. Go, go look at if if for anything, just go look at Luke's review of his own podcast. It's good. I five stars. It's five stars. <laughs> it's great. There's some good, there's some good quality content on there. So be sure to do that. It is actually super helpful for us. I actually have meetings where people look at these five star reviews, and so if you could do that, I would like that. So have a great, great weekend. Enjoy it with some people that you love and we'll talk to you guys again on Monday. Am I working on Monday? Am I going to do that on Monday? It's a Monday. Monday's a holiday. It's a holiday. So we'll see.